My husband asked me to steal my little brother's inheritance and give it to him. He doesn't like that I earn four times as much as he does and thinks that it's his right to take my little brother's inheritance money because he's married to me. But then I found out he was cheating. Here's how it happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I am leaving my husband tomorrow. I'm a 29-year-old female and my husband Jack is 30. Our marriage was short, only less than a year, but rocky from the start. I don't even know what possessed me to say yes. Maybe loneliness? Maybe desperation? I don't know. He and his family are openly hostile to my only brother who's 18, as I had to take care of him after our parents died. They saw him as unnecessary, and only after the marriage I saw how horribly Jack treated him. For your information, my brother lives in our apartment, since he wasn't old enough to have his own place. Jack is, I'm almost ashamed to say, not a very good man. He is lazy and and never does any house chores. My brother does everything that Jack should have done. He plays on his computer all day long and goes out to drink with his buddies almost every day. He never strikes me or my brother, but he does treat us like his caretakers and I'm honestly getting sick of it. My last straw was when Jack insisted that I give him the inheritance money my brother was set to get for college. I refused. Money has always been a sore spot to him as admittedly, I earn four times what he does. And I even keep our finances separate, thanks to a lawyer uncle's advice. I fired back saying how he should stop doing freelance work that pays him dirt and not snooping around my and my brother's business. We fought, and in the middle of the fight, he left, leaving his phone behind. I don't know what caused me to poke around on his phone, but guess what? Not only is he a lazy piece of work who doesn't even have a stable job to pursue a passion I don't even understand, he's also a cheating jerk. I was heartbroken. I cried myself to sleep. Then I called my lawyer uncle to serve him the divorce paperwork. Jack doesn't know that I know about his side piece. He still treats my brother like a nuisance and demands me to hand over our inheritance to him. I kept silent. So did my brother. He's going to a weekend outing with his buddies tomorrow and I will pack up my things and leave. Divorce papers on the table. I cut the lease to our apartment so he'll only have a week to figure out where he's going to go. I got a place across town closer to my relatives. I'll take care of the rest as I go. I deeply regret marriage this man. He has wasted two years of my life and I am so angry at myself that I was too blind to see how I never should have married him. Tomorrow I am leaving him and I don't care if I seem like I would not fight for my marriage. I don't have the energy to deal with a grown man who still thinks like a frat boy. So there actually was a final update to this whole thing. Over the weekend I moved out with the help of my two best friends, my cousin and my uncle. They were very helpful and in a day, we finished packing up everything and left the apartment. I'm now living closer to my uncle, my mom's little brother and his family, while my brother is waiting to move into his dorms. My uncle helped me install cameras outside of our new place, change the passwords, pin numbers, and phone number while we're at it. I took a week off of work and thankfully my boss understood and let me. I wish I could see his face when he came back to the apartment and found the place empty. Some of my friends were called, but they told him nothing and said that they didn't know where I went. I haven't told anyone but my uncle and my best friends. Jack came to my uncle uncle's place, but my uncle kicked him off of his property. And while Jack threatened to go all out and contest the divorce, my uncle gave him an ultimatum in return. Sign it without a fuss or I will try to get alimony from him. Hopefully Jack won't make a hassle out of the divorce proceedings. As for myself, I'm just happy to be away from him, even with no alimony or divorce settlement. From this point onward, I will have no contact with him or people associated with him. It seems cowardly, but I'd rather avoid the drama. I believe we'll have some kind of drama later, but honestly, 
honestly, as long as he signs that divorce paper, I'm fine with that. I finally talked to my brother and apologized for getting him into such an environment. He was understandably disappointed with me, but forgave me. He said that he was glad that I decided to leave and we had a good crying session over that. Right now, I'm trying to make it up to him. He's a good kid, smart and tough cookie, and he deserves better. Should he need to, we'll go to therapy and he convinced me he was okay, but he was mostly angry on my behalf, but I'll keep an eye out for that. And to be clear, we are not from the USA, but our laws regarding marriage and divorce are pretty clean cut. I don't think that he would get any money from me. So am I the jerk for leaving my husband the way that I did by abandoning the apartment without a word after what he did to me? If you're in a relationship and you feel like you have to say, I don't know what possessed me to say yes to that relationship, maybe loneliness, maybe desperation, then you probably should not be in that relationship. That's how she opens this entire thing. So even before this whole inheritance situation, before the cheating situation, why waste either of your time by being in that relationship in the first place? On top of that, she may not have learned it until she was married, but she looks at Jack as not a very good man. He's lazy and never does any house chores. He plays on the computer all day and goes out to drink with his buddies almost every day. And if those things already bothered her before, marrying that person is probably not going to make those things change. But with all that said, I'm trying to understand Jack's perspective on why he thinks he was deserving of this inheritance money. Because even for some, if the wife here, the original poster were to get inheritance money, they would still say that Jack doesn't have a piece of that, doesn't have a right to have that money. But in this case, it wasn't even the original poster's money. It was her brother's money. There's no real explanation as to why he would think he deserves that money unless it was through some technicality where all the money went to the OP first and then she had to dole it out to her brother and then he wanted to intercept that money on the way there. But if that's the case, you're just stealing with more steps involved. And you add that on top of the fact that there's already a lot of financial tension because she earns a lot more money than he does four times as much. It's kind of a disastrous scenario, which also kind of highlights what an empty threat the whole alimony thing was because she says or more specifically her uncle says either sign the divorce paper or she'll go after you for alimony but how could she possibly get alimony from him if she earns four times what he does maybe alimony works differently in different parts of the world but it doesn't seem like there's any teeth to that bite but then the whole cherry on top of all of this is that jack was cheating on her which i think for most people in most relationships that's the last straw the unforgivable point of no return which i'm sure made the decision to divorce him that much more simple. But let me know how you see this. Do you think that Jack was in the wrong for insisting that he gets the inheritance money? Would it be different if it was her inheritance money exclusively and not her brother's? Does he have a right to that since they are married at the time? Let me know what your thoughts are down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for perpetuating ethnic stereotypes about jorts? We have two workplace cats in one area of our worksite. They add value to the worksite. We all love the cats and the worksite cat's presence is not the issue. One of the cats Jean is a tortoiseshell cat we have had for years. The other cat, Jorts, is a large orange cat and a recent addition. Jorts is just kind of a simple guy. For example, Jorts can't even open a door when it's ajar. He shoves it whether he is going in or out. So often he closes the door he is trying to go through. This means he is often trapped inside the place he was trying to exit and meows until he is rescued. My colleague Pam has been spending a lot of time trying to teach Jorts things. The door thing is now the main example. It's a real issue because the cats are fed in a closet and George keeps pushing the door closed. Jean can actually open all other interior doors since they are a lever type knob, but 
she can't open this particular door if she is trapped inside of the closet. Torty Jean is very nice to poor Jorts, and she is kept busy by letting him out of rooms that he has trapped himself in. So this seems easy to resolve. I put down a doorstop. Pam then said that I was depriving Jorts of the chance to learn and kept removing the doorstop. She set up a series of special learning activities for Jorts and tried to put these tasks on the whiteboard of daily team tasks. I erased them. She thinks that we need to teach him how to clean himself better and how to get out of minor barriers like this. And when he gets a cup stuck on his head, for example, I love Jorts, but he's just dumb and we can't change that. Don't get me wrong. Watching her try to teach Jorts how to walk through a door is hilarious, but Jean got locked in the closet twice last week. Yesterday, I installed a cat cutout thing in the door and Pam started getting really huffy. I made a gentle joke about you can't expect Jean's tortoiseshell smarts from an orange cat Jorts, which made Pam furious. She started crying and left the hallway. Then she sent an email to the group, including volunteers, and went home early. In her email, Pam said that I was, quote, perpetuating ethnic stereotypes by saying that orange cats are dumb and is demanding a racial sensitivity training course for me before she will return. I don't think that's relevant, but just in case, Pam is a white person in a mostly minority staff. And no, she is not ginger slash does not have red hair. So am I the jerk for enforcing an ethnic stereotype by joking that orange cats are often dumb? This statement actually made Pam cry and storm out of the room. If anything, it sounds like the OP here is trying to look out for the safety of the cats. If Gene already got stuck in that door that he can't open twice, what are they going to do when that happens when nobody's in the office for a long period of time and Gene is stuck in that closet without any water? Even if Pam owns an orange cat and is sticking up for all orange cats, the cat itself doesn't care if people think that he's dumb or not. Some of the responses are pointing out that if OP is cat racist, then Pam is an ableist. As pointed out in one comment, somebody says, installing a swinging kitty door, you were modifying George's physical environment to ensure that areas necessary for daily living, like eating, are fully accessible to him despite his disability. Repeatedly closing the door to his dining room clearly communicates George's desire for either this reasonable accommodation or a magic potion that would give him the ability to walk through walls. So which side of this are you on? Do you think the OP is a cat racist or do you think that Pam is an ableist? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for snapping when I found out that a guy saw my girlfriend naked? I'm a 25 year old male and my girlfriend Lydia is 23. She lives with a roommate who has a boyfriend, Jeff. We gathered at their place last Friday for pizza. After a while, Jeff asks Lydia if she is still scared of being here alone the nights the roommate goes over to his place and I can't come. Lydia has always had trouble with being alone at night and most nights I stay on FaceTime with her until she falls asleep so that she feels safer. The roommate laughs and says that if she hears a noise in the bathroom at least it will be a ghost and not her locked in passed out. Lydia, my girlfriend, just mouths to me, explain later. When we get to Lydia's room I ask her to explain and she tells me that this afternoon she wasn't feeling good and ended up fainting in the shower. So Jeff had to break the door to the room to get in and help her. She said that she was already feeling better and she didn't want to tell me because I was going to be worried about nothing. I said that it wasn't nothing if she had fainted and that I should be aware of these things to help her. She said that now it would just be a funny story about how Jeff broke the door and roommate had to cover her with a towel so they could come to the rescue of her naked body. That moment I saw red. I asked if Jeff had seen her naked and she couldn't be sure since she was unconscious. But roommate said that he stood out of the bathroom until she was covered. I asked if Lydia thought it was fair for 
me to not know that another guy had seen her naked and she said he didn't actually see her naked and that it shouldn't matter since he was only helping. I shouted that she just said that she was unconscious and couldn't know if he saw her. She told me to be quiet or they would hear me and I shouted that I didn't care that a man saw my girlfriend's body and I had the right to be mad. Jeff and the roommate come in and explain that he never saw anything. He just broke the lock and waited outside until the roommate gave him a clear. I said I didn't believe him and the roommate jumped into his defense saying that she was right there making sure the situation wasn't embarrassing so they could take proper care of Lydia without her feeling weird. I said that if she was a kook I wouldn't be. Jeff then shouted at me saying that I should respect his girlfriend and mine who had spent a whole day saying that she was fine but still looked a little pale. He said that he only did it because he cared about Lydia and that I was a jerk who didn't deserve any type of help. Hearing him say that he cared about her was it for me. I left without as much as looking at Lydia as she begged me not to go. Over the weekend, Lydia had to be admitted to a hospital because she didn't feel good again and Jeff and her roommate prohibited me from seeing her, saying that I didn't deserve her. Obviously, the whole hospital thing sucks and I wish I was there for her, but I still think that I was right. At this point, I'm not mad at Lydia anymore, just at Jeff. So, am I the jerk? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In this story, it sounds like the roommate and Jeff were legitimately just trying to help her. Unless they have a history of Jeff being creepy or weird or trying to go after Lydia for some reason. I don't really think that they would lie about that. And even in that case, the girlfriend, the roommate here, probably wouldn't be okay with Jeff having that sort of relationship with Lydia right in front of her eyes. So I doubt that there is some sort of conspiracy that the roommate, Jeff's girlfriend and Jeff, are in cahoots together to try and get Lydia hooked up with Jeff because the roommate is Jeff's girlfriend. But none of that is as important as just the fact that she has somebody there for her if she gets hurt in the shower. I mean, people can slip and fall in the shower and could die, especially if nobody is there to help them or to come in there and call 911. And whatever this medical issue is that's causing that, that might actually happen if she's already in the hospital by the time we get to the end of the story. Making sure that situation is okay is a lot more important than whether Jeff saw anything or not. But let me know how you see this down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for giving my coworker a fantasy novel for Secret Santa and trying to broaden her horizons? For Secret Santa, I got Sarah who put down a bunch of books that she wanted as well as other things like socks, tea, and candy. I was a little bit disappointed to be honest because I really like to shop for people and give really cool gifts and these were just blah things. When I looked up all the books to get her, I found out they were all romance novels. I, f I felt kind of cringe buying her romance novels, so I looked at the common themes and found a really good fantasy novel to buy her instead called Warbreaker by Brandon Sanderson. It has romance in it too. I figure if she likes to read, then she'd be happy to broaden her horizons and branch out. I also got her some Baby Yoda socks to go with it because who doesn't like Baby Yoda and some Bigelow tea that look good. We did the exchange this morning and she looked visibly confused when she opened hers. She changed her face to be surprised and happy, but this really bothered me. In the break room later, I heard her talking and complaining, saying that she didn't get why someone would get her these things. The other person said they probably were upset
upset they got a woman instead of a man, which I thought was rude. I'm a woman too, but I'm just not a pumpkin spice latte and Hallmark kind of woman. Then after I saw her give the socks to someone else saying that they could have the socks for their kid. I was honestly really bothered by this. I put thought and effort into a gift. Am I the jerk for getting her something to branch out of her humdrum romance genre and baby Yoda socks? I thought everyone liked baby Yoda. So there are a few different ways you can do Secret Santa. Sometimes you just get anything you want for a person based on what you know about them, but other times, like it sounds like this time was, you agree in advance on a theme and then you get gifts from that theme. This was kind of a more specific version of that where not only is it a theme, but it's a theme for each person it sounds like. And if that's how they're doing this Secret Santa, then it sounds like he didn't really follow the rules of this Secret Santa. He kind of just said, oh, her taste is boring. It's blah. He called them humdrum romance books and wanted to get her something that he thought that she would like instead. But the thing is, it wasn't really something that he thought she would like. It was something that he wanted her to like or that he thought was better than what she already does like. And it wasn't like she was not gracious when receiving it. She still pretended like she was happy. But I don't think you can really expect somebody even in private to be happy about the thing that they didn't even want in the first place. But maybe you see this totally differently. How would you interpret this whole Secret Santa situation? And let me know jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for asking my neighbor to move her craft room to a a different bedroom. My husband and I live in an upstairs three-bedroom flat and the flat below us is the same layout. The house has been for sale for a while and recently a woman bought it. It turns out she doesn't have any children so I found it strange that she bought a three-bedroom house but soon I found out it's because she runs a craft business from home and needs two bedrooms to run it. The problem is unfortunately she has decided to use her main bedroom which is below us as her main craft room. At first it was fine as she hadn't fully moved in but now it is driving me crazy. She is in that room almost all day long and I can hear her walking about and the faint noise of the machines. I don't spend long in my bedroom during the day, but when I do go in, it just annoys me knowing that she's constantly there. Like, why can't she have picked the smaller bedrooms since she knows the kids are at school all day? She always stops using her embroidery and sewing machines by 7pm, but she's told me that she can sit up until 10pm some nights, finishing off orders, which plays on my mind. I go to bed at 9pm and I can't sleep for hours as I lie there listening for her every move. Just knowing that that she's awake and walking about drives me crazy as I find it so selfish that someone would buy a flat and work from home. My husband says he can barely hear a thing during the day and that I need to calm down. He also doesn't see a big deal about her using her house as she pleases. Yesterday, I finally had enough and I went to her door. I told her how I was feeling about everything and how I can hear the faint noise of her machines. She apologized and invited me inside to show me her setup. All her machines are on some sort of anti-vibration padding to stop as much noise as possible possible, so she claims the noise should be minimal, and that you need to expect some noise from neighbors. I told her I don't make any noise, and that's when things took a turn as she said she can hear my kids running around and jumping off furniture all evening, but she would never even dream of complaining, because it's just one of those things when you share a building with other people. I left before I said anything else that I regretted, and I thought that that was the end of it, but today my husband came home from working overnight and asked if I had said anything to the woman downstairs, as she was very cold and blunt with him when he said hello. I told him what happened and he said that I am the massive jerk. I've spoken to a few of my friends who think I've handled this completely wrong and that I'm a bit of a jerk for it, but I don't know what else could have been done. Am I the jerk? The neighbor here sounds much more reasonable than the OP does. I mean, she's going out of her way to make sure that she only does what she's doing in her own home at very specific hours, never past 7pm. She even bought all these anti-vibration things in order to minimize the sound even more 
more. And I'm sure even after this conversation, she probably went to an even greater length to reduce the sound, even though she technically didn't have to. And despite all of that, she doesn't say a word when the OP's kids are running and jumping off furniture every day. It sounds like the OP is demanding some sort of unfair situation where the neighbor must be silent exactly when she wants her to be silent. But because the OP has kids, they can make noise when they want to. The OP says, even though it's very faint, just knowing that she's awake and walking about drives me crazy. It's hard to understand why that would bother her so much because pretty much anyone living in any shared building is going to hear some sounds from the other units. But let me know how you see this down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you guys next time.